Hey guys, Scott Short here again, back reading. Well, let me start this part. <laughs> Scott Short, Mason Duffy Mortgage. My NMLS number is 225998. So we're back into the new F word by Merrill Chandler, uh, co-founder of Lexington Law. So we're back into chapter six, the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Wow, where did that from? <laughs> so we're on page 43. As you learned in the introduction, one of the three major strategies used by lenders to protect their interest is to distract borrowers from what is being measured by getting them fixated on the credit score. And as the next three chapters will reveal, they have only done a they have done a spectacular job of it. To set the stage, you must answer the question, all, <clears throat> are all credit scores created equal? I'd say no. <laughs> and he said no too. <laughs> he says, no, they are not. One of the major components of misinformation campaign promoted by the players in the funding game is the use of credit scores that have nothing to do, he may capitalize it bold, nothing to do with lender finding, funding approvals. To understand what has happened, has been happening behind, behind your back, you need to know what each type of fake score, fake credit score is and how is used to, how, I'm sorry, sorry how it is used so that you don't get distracted by or lost down the credit score rabbit hole. In short, there are FICO scores and there are FACO scores, like that FACO score. And he says, number 21 footnote says, the industry refers to these educational scores. I use them as FACO scores. So FACO scores is gonna be like, you know, if you go straight to the bureaus and get their stuff, but let's, let, let him explain it, not me. Ah, let's keep going. Flip to page 44. Okay, 44 says, uh, the title here is FICO scores. FICO is the gold standard of borrower's behavior scoring. Over 90% of all funding decisions are evaluated through FICO scoring uh, software. It says number 22 is the footnote. What is commonly and inaccurately in parentheses referred to as credit scoring is technically referred to by FICO and lenders as performance data scoring and which I refer to the borrower's behavior score. Okay. Thanks for clarification, right? <laughs> this fact makes the meetings we had at FICO even more meaningful. We had the rare opportunity to sit with and ask high-level questions of the teams responsible for creating the engine that facilitates most funding decisions. And the intel we got from these meetings was a game changer. In the next chapter, you will unlock the FICO credit scoring universe into. Uh, e <clears throat> I'm sorry again. In the next chapter, you will unlock the FICO credit scoring universe into ease to understand pieces. Oh, easy, ha, easy. Good word. Hello, easy to understand. That makes more sense. <sighs> pieces. But first, we explore the shiny object of FICO score. So, next chapter, well, next paragraph with the heading says FICO score. <clears throat> in I define a score that is offered or sold to borrowers, but it's not capitalized, bold, not technically used by lenders to make funding decisions a FACO score. And there are a bunch of them. FACO scores were designed to profit from the ignorance of borrowers by leading borrowers to believe that credit score being offered were legitimate. Footnote number 23 says, <clears throat> due to recent laws, lawsuits, uh, many FACO scores 
issuers must include disclaimers in fine print, very small, 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 warning borrowers that their advertised credit scores are not used in funding decisions because borrowers are kept in the dark <coughs> regarding the rules of the funding game. Many have, <coughs> sorry, many have read the disclaimer and still not, and still not know what it means. That's not English, is it? Does not know, probably. Does not know what it means, right? That's probably better. Or how it will affect them. Okay, that's footnote number 23. Let's explore how FACO scores were first invented. In 1996, Congress amended the Fair Credit Reporting Act, which stands for FCRA, Fair Credit Reporting Act, right? Because the credit bureaus were doing a horrible job of managing the accuracy or accurate managing and accurately reporting the borrower's profiles on the database. Page 45, numerous public interest groups and consumers advocates had proven to Congress that over 60% of the credit report contained mistakes that would cause a credit denial. I think that percent's got worse. <laughs> That's my version. Uh, the FICO, sorry, the FCRA, the Fair Credit Reporting Act, was amended in order the credit bureaus to provide one free copy of all data maintained and report, or all data maintained and reported to borrowers every year upon request. That's what we talk about. I think it's going to mention here somewhere, hopefully. They called the file containing all reported bureau data a consumer disclosure file. Very technical. <laughs> this is not as this is this was not to be a typical credit report because it would contain all the raw data. Get the word raw. Kept and reported by the bureaus. The language in the amendment was specific in that it dictated if a bureau reports the data to anyone, it would have to include disclosure. Uh, included, uh, it would have to be included in this disclosure file. So. What's going down here? Oh, yeah, here we go. I'll talk about it later. So I'll let him talk. I'll let you tell you. He's got to tell you a secret. Keep going. Says, uh, down the bottom says, the, the credit bureaus were also instructed to establish a single access point where borrowers could get the consumer disclosure file. In response, the credit bureaus created this one I was going to tell you about. It's called www.annual. So A N N U A L credit C R E D I T report R E P O R T dot com. So, so www.annual creditreport.com is a site you go to once a year and pull one bureau a uh, year. Uh, I, I tell people, <coughs> if you're monitoring credit, just pull one bureau every four months. Four times three is 12. So there you go. <laughs> free too. My favorite is free. Okay, keep going. We, we switched. We, we flipped over to page 46. Uh, it says, uh, to this day, the website serves as a place where borrowers can get a complete disclosure of all information reported by the credit bureaus. When you pull that bad boy, make sure you save it to your hard drive or save it to your computer so you can actually you know, see it later, later, uh, or be able to send it to a lender to let them look it over encrypted. You always want to send all your stuff encrypted to a lender, especially as credit reported data, because you have your FICO scores. And, no, that's right. Has your, has your social security number on there, so you want to make sure anything like that goes across properly. Um, but also, they read different. Each one has a different vibe on how to read, so just be careful how they read and make sure you look at each line and just kind of make sure you're understanding. That's why we want the lender to look at it, too, when you walk you through it. So there you go. Okay, next uh, paragraph. How do we have money? Hmm, good question. The mandate from Congress didn't, did not sit well with the credit bureaus, providing this new consumer disclosure file that become huge cost to them. So they, they say, they, I'm losing money, I'm losing money. They're crying, they're crying like chunes. Uh, imagine a conversation in the respective boardrooms of Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. And this is all, this is all uh, in, in, uh, in quotes. It says, <clears throat> 
how can we make money from this congressional mandate and not, we caps, have to disclose all the valuable data. Ooh, the boardrooms, watch out. <laughs> it says, uh, the credit bureaus never lack for finding ways to make money. The lobbyists had inserted a loophole in the amended FCRA that would allow that allowed credit bureaus to reduce the data delivered to the borrower if the borrower opted for a different product during the order process. Mm -hmm. Digging into the deep stuff here, watch out. <clears throat> to increase your profit, no, sorry, to increase their profits and legally withhold their data, the credit bureaus decided that when borrowers ordered the disclosure files, they would ask a simple question. Would you like a credit score with this order? It's like, do you want to supersize your French fries? No. <laughs> so what happens here is when they said you want a credit score, remember, the credit score gives those cats are nothing that the lender is going to use for a mortgage or for, for a car loan because it's straight pure data. It's not filtered through the lender or the, or the uh, car company's credit porting filters that, uh, you know, they do. So be careful. Warning number one, huh? Says the rationale was that a credit score is a function of the credit port and not part of the consumer disclosure file. At the click of a button, a comprehensive disclosure file would become an abbreviated credit reporting containing far fewer data points and a fake gold score. Footnote number 24, consumer disclosures files are not scorable in the raw data format. To convert the data into a credit report, it had to be filtered into a scoring available format, which allowed the credit bureaus to not include this data. So there you go, the dirty secrets of the dirty people. Oh, watch out. Keep going. Uh, without realizing the manipulation, borrowers would be borrowers would be <clears throat> maneuvered into ordering a credit port because a borrower would be distracted by the shiny object, a credit score, which is garbage to us. Something borrowers never have access before. So remember, the credit scores are usually going to be higher than the real ones because they're not filtered. They're not they're not modeled. So be careful. So commercials on TV, people go, oh, I got my credit score. The lady throws her feet up on the, the lender's desk like, oh, that score is garbage. <laughs> That's what Lynn's going, what? Get out of my office. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure what company that is. Somebody has a commercial with that stuff. I figured it was. But you know who I'm talking about. So next page, page 47. This ruse allowed credit bureaus to legally withhold much of the raw data that would otherwise be available to borrowers. <clears throat> to implement the strategy, the credit bureaus, among others, simply invented fake scores and offered them to borrowers. Yup, yup, yup. This was an easy scheme to to execute because borrowers had never had access to credit score before and wouldn't know that these fake scores were completely different from the real one being used by lending decisions. And FACO score was born. Boom, boom, boom. That's his words. Not the boom, boom. That's me. <laughs> when ignorance is not bliss, the, the, impl the implementation, that's a lot of letters, the implementation of these FACO scores was followed by a media blitz that would leverage borrowers' ignorance and deceive means into believing that these free credit scores were not only real, but they were the most important factor in the credit approval. Footnote number 25. Here's a big one. <clears throat> says, this blitz is illustrated by the primetime television ads of the man playing the guitar and singing about the credit, credit woes. A girlfriend with a bad credit being forced to get a low-budget car or ride a bike and being a victim of identity theft. Each ad uh, implemented, this, this, this print's really small, <laughs> implied that if you recorded your, if you ordered your credit report and score, in parentheses, FACO score, your quality of life would improve dramatically. 
web search, the free credit report commercials to see yourself. <laughs> so that's good. So go to the web search. So Google free credit report commercials and see how they are because they bunch of garbage. <laughs> okay, let's go back in. So this was the first time the credit bureaus and others sought to, to imitate the, the legitimate borrower score, FICO, have been using for decades to evaluate borrowers. In summary, FACO score, ETM, that's he trademarks that, <laughs> score provides their ability, they're able, let me try again. In summary, FACO score providers were able to exploit, exploit this opportunity because of two conditions. Borrowers did not really know what the credit score was, how it was calculated, or how it was, how it was really used in the lending decision. Number two, Real FICO scores were not being offered to borrowers. Footnote 26 says, uh, the silence, the silence, this, this silence left a vacuum of less scrupulous organizations to take advantage of borrowers' ignorance. For decades, FICO domain was the background helping, helping lenders with intelligent approval decisions. It wanted to be for several more years that FICO would start offering borrowers access to real scores used by lenders and their approval process. Okay, that's the end of page 47. Let's go to page 48. You good. Talk page 48, access to credit scores, fake as it was in parentheses, was none, nevertheless mind blowing to borrowers. Up to that point, borrowers had never had access to credit scores. In fact, for decades, borrowers had been told by merchants and retailers that it was illegal for even borrowers, for show borrowers their score. You know what, right? Uh, footnote 27, what, so while not illegal, revealing credit score to borrow was a violation of credit bureau's policy and emergence caught doing so could jeopardize the relationship between the credit bureaus. Today is a policy not regularly enforced due to easy access to borrowers and via FICO score to the very score that were once hidden by borrowers. So as a lender, we actually have to give you, we will send our compliance crew, we'll send you the score out to you. So obviously from a lending standpoint, because you want to make sure you know your scores are and you won't be taken advantage of for having, you know, people say you have low score when you have a high score. So there you go. But I know from LinkedIn, but our compliance sends it out. So that's for mortgage loans. Okay. Next, next sentence. With, with these new scores offering, borrowers were deceptively led to believe they finally had access to their inner workings of the credit system. Unfortunately, because FICO's silence, FICO's silence, borrowers were left with only fake and irrelevant versions of a credit score. Okay, because, because borrowers didn't know what the score they were buying were meaningless, credit score sales skyrocketed and dozens of credit port wholesalers began offering these worthless credit scores. Ooh, sad, sad, sad. That's me. Back to him. Uh, credit bureaus making, credit bureaus make their money from selling data and selling borrower data in the form of credit reports to the company that wants to resell credit reports and make and fake scores is right in their wheelhouse. The bureaus didn't care that the reports were sub, uh, substandard and accompanying scores were lies. Next page, page 49. The biggest bait and switch of all time. Guess who promotes FACO scores to over 80, 80, 80 million unsuspecting and trusting borrowers? The company called Credit Karma. So he put, uh, he put, uh, keep going. <clears throat> Credit Karma uses Vantage Scores 3.0 on, on its website. This model is used mostly for account reviews and for goodwill purposes. Generally, it's not used for most 
new funding approvals performed by the United States. Number 28, Fannie Score is a scoring model designed by, by an organization sponsored by Equifax, TransUnion, experiment to complete to compete against FICO's dominance in the scoring space. While Branch Score has some models that are offered for lenders decision supports, mostly is used to pre-screen applicants and to manage existing accounts, if used at all. See page one of the 2019 Branch Score Market Study Report, if you want to look that up. <laughs> uh, published by Oliver Wyman, or, or my podcast on the topic and more is called getfundablepodcast.com. So there you go. So yeah, Vanity Square, Fannie Freddie's not accepted that yet. So until they accept it, yeah, I don't care about them. We keep going forward. But the, the, but the irony of this deception doesn't stop here. Most of the loans and credit cards that Credit Karma refers its members to utilize FICO software for their approvals. Now that's a big switch, he says. Let's do it one more time. For most loans and credit cards that Credit Karma refers its members to utilize FICO software for their approvals. Mm-hmm. Not the fans, but the FICO. Mm-hmm. Keep going. That's when he said that's a bait and switch. It is unscrup- it's un- unconscionable. I like unscrupulous, but unconscionable. <laughs> unconscionable that there are 80 million plus people being misled to inaccurately judge the health of their funding approval, ca- approval capacity based on the credit score lenders are unlikely to use to approve their funding applications. Exclamation point. This travesty is even more harmful in light of the fact that borrowers tied their personal and financial worthiness to a number that isn't even accurate. Ooh, that's bad. And while Credit Karma may be the, the largest promoter of fake scores, there's about 10 plus million subscribers to other credit monitoring services that offer fake scores too. Credit Karma's lease offers its fake credit scores for free. Well, like you know, free and fake, <laughs> both F. Borrowers who subscribe to the these other services are paying good money uh, every change the page every month for fake scores and mediocre credit reports. And the negative impact of the deception on the borrowers have been devastating. Now that you know the difference between FICO and FACO, I'm going to pull the curtain back. And now scoring really works. Oh, say. And how scoring, uh, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. I'm going to pull the curtain back on how scoring really works and the real FICO scores. So we finished chapter six. Next time we'll do chapter seven. Thanks, guys.